Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem will be learning Daf Ein Hey and half of Daf Ein Dalad. Uh, we start three lines down from the top of Daf Ein Dalad on base. We had our double shot of Nespresso. Yesterday was the very definition of Chatsi Shir, and today maybe it'll be a Shir Vachetzi. Let's see. We um, just finished, really should have done the last line uh, over here where we said, uh, um, this was, you might recall, we were talking about the idea that if the koi is a hybrid, then it can be a bria bifne atzma, and therefore the Torah can talk about it definitively, and it can be in the same category of chatzeshir. This is a very, very lumbish idea. Uh, the idea that is the Torah, in fact, being asering chatzeshir, or is the Torah not answering Chatzishir? Was a machlokas for Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, and the lumdus was intense, and it caused us the whole uh, shear to discuss the half of the uh, the uh, um, the Amud Aleph of the fine dollar and base. And so, at the very end, there was there was the question of whether a koi can be considered a hybrid, or whether in fact the Torah. Was say does not was like sort of hiding the ball. There was a real mm-hmm. suffix whether it's a chay or behema, and we don't know if it's in fact a suffix. Then it's unlike a chatzishir because the Torah itself knows whether it's a chay or behema. So the question was: Is right? In other words, if it was true that it was a suffix, then it wouldn't really matter because with regards to the context of the pasuk where you're talking about the prohibition of the blood, well, that would be. That, that issue would be true for a chaya or a behema. And therefore, regardless of whether it was a chaya behema, whether it was, um, a, if it was in fact a suffix, right, then there would be no special pasuk to teach you that the dam of a koi is asr, because it would be asr regardless of whether it was a chaya behema in that case of suffix. Therefore, the fact that there's a special pasuk to teach you that a koi's dam is asr, must be an indication that the koi is not a suffix, whether it's, it's not that it's either chai or behema, but we don't know what it is, but rather it is a special, unique, hybrid unicorn uh, that's a hybrid behema chaya, and that we don't know what the din is. In other words, we know what the din is by behema, we know what the din is by chaya. If we have a suffix, the din would be the same, but if it's a behema chaya, that's a whole new thing. What is the din by there? That would mean Ella Beria Shiny. That would mean that a koi is, in fact, says the Gemara, a Bria Bifneatma, so Hachanami, Bria Bria Shiny, that here too, when we're talking about the Khalev of the Koi in the context where we were learning it yesterday, we know that Bria Shiny, and therefore we could say that it's not because of Suffolk that the Pasuk of Koi was necessary, and therefore the Machlokes with Yochanan Reshlokish is alive and well. That is finishing up tomorrow, giving up that taste. And that was intense lambdus. Now we're going to talk halacha lamaisa and we're going to move. So here we go. Talking about inuim and yom kippur, as we mentioned yesterday, the inuim, the chameshes inuim themselves that are listed in the Mishnah are not explicit in the Pesukim at all. It just says, five times. And then we have to figure out what are those inuim, by the way. Uh, well, not by the way. Let's just move. Tanur Banan, five lines down. Tanur Snaf Shosechem. Well, that's one of the Psukim. That you should afflict yourself. Well, that's an interesting thing. Do you ever think about that? In other words, afflict, like you, you're supposed to, you're supposed to not, right? You're supposed to have some sort of, uh, 
not having a good time. It's supposed to be a, an affliction. So if you only if you're walking in and you've never experienced any Judaism whatsoever, and you read the pasuk, you say, "Okay, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? Whip myself? I mean, what's the question?" The Gemara asks, Maybe we're supposed to like roll around in the snow or sit in the heat until we dehydrate. Is that what the Pasuk is asking us to do? No. The Pasuk says, uh, the Pasuk is teaching us which Pasuk is that? It's the next Pasuk. In other words, the juxtaposition of the, of Tanus Nafshasechem and Bechol Malacha is teaching you that just like says the Gemara in other words just like you can have a this is not necessarily something you would have intuited that the way you avoid Malacha is by doing a Shev in other words the way you avoid Malacha is by not doing it so just like that's true of avoiding Malacha that's also how you can accomplish Tanus Nafshoseichen. So it has to be something that can be, uh, as the Gemara says, It has to be a mitzvah of Inui that can be, in fact, um, accomplished by refraining from activity. So that's the most basic first thing. In other words, when we talk about Inui Nafshoseichen, we don't have to actively afflict ourselves, we don't whip ourselves, we don't roll around in ice and snow. But we do refrain from an activity that would be an activity of an enjoyment. And so the first most basic thing we learn about the Chamesh Sinuim is that they are, as you'll notice, refraining from uh, activity that is pleasurable to our physical bodies. Okay. So, says the Gemara, Right? Right? Maybe we should say, no, this is what it means. This is how you can accomplish the Inuim with a Sheva If you're sitting in the hot sun and dehydrating, right? We don't, we say, you know what? Continue to sit and dehydrate. And we don't say to you, kum tuv betula. Go sit in the sail. Tet and tzadik are uh, interchangeable. We don't say go sit in the chair. Or yasuf betula v'karlei lo nemalei kum tuv v'shimsha. Or if you're sitting in, uh, in ice, and you're freezing, we'll say, you know what, Shev um, don't go thaw out in the sun, and that uh, would be, in fact, a way of fulfilling in other words, what the Gemara is suggesting is that if the point is, the first fundamental point is that the Chamesh Sinuim are accomplished with a Shev so then maybe what it means is whatever situation you're in, as it becomes oppressive, you just don't fix it. And that's how you accomplish your dreams. The Gemara says, no. It's not, that's not really the way it works with Malacha. We're still sticking with this idea that it has to be similar to Malacha, says the Gemara. What it means is like this. Malacha is, this is like the opposite of what we say is case specific, right? In other words, case specific would be, well, you know, it depends on what your situation is. Like if you, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? If you think, if you like, some people like the heat, some people like the cold. So depending what situa- situation you're in, I, for one, for example, I prefer it cold. I'm always hot. So I should sit in the heat. And now, and, and, and Andrew, he's always hot. He likes it cold. So he should sit in the cold. No. That is what's called case specific. And the malachos are not case specific. The malachos are categorical. 
they apply to every case. And therefore, just like Malachas are categorical, so do the Inuim of Yom Kippur have to be categorical, and therefore, this uh, thing of, well, whatever makes you unhappy, that's what you should do, that is not the way it works. It has to be something categorical. So it's not gonna, it ha- it's not gonna be Kumvase, and it's not gonna be case specific, it's gonna be some categorical t- type of Shevet Taseb. What would be that? So let's see. Tanya Idach Tanus Nashosechem. So, we're going to be saying these psukim a lot. It's the it's five separate psukim where it says it. One, um, it's four times in Vayikra, one time in Devarim, and then there's a sixth reference in Vayikra where we say anybody uh, where, where it gives you the Isra Kares. So you might think that just by sitting in the cold or the hot and being upset that you're the Inuyim, right? So this is where we see, right? Um, again, that we compare it to Malacha, Ma Malacha Dover Shechayavin Alav B'Makom Acher, Af Inuy Nefesh Shechayavin Alav B'Makom Acher. In other words, right? It has to be portable, right? It has to be something that's that's true, uh, and also that which you are chayev for in Kares elsewhere. This is not an intuitive idea. What does that mean? In other words. Eating on Yom Kippur. We're going to have a section over here that's going to be talking about the Isser of eating on Yom Kippur. That's where this is going to be leading to. Okay? So this is where we slowly arrive at the fact that you can't eat anything on Yom Kippur. But as we develop it, we have Havamina's suggestions that it's going to be only certain things that you can't eat until eventually we arrive at the fact that you can't eat anything. So the first suggestion is, just like Malacha, right, is something where if you do it, uh, in a certain context, there's an Isser Kares. So too, maybe only certain foods that can be an Isser Kares are going to be Usser. Says the Gemara, You understand what's happening here? We're saying that it's possible that the only Kiyum of Inu Yom Kippur is the consumption of Pigul and Nosar. That's the Havamin and the Gemara. Why? Because Pigul and Nosar carries with it an Isser Kares, and therefore, just like some Malachas carry an Isser Kares, so too, Pigol carries an Isakaris, and if we're going to compare the Inuim um, of Yom Kippur to Vachom Lachalos Asu, so maybe only Pigol and Nosar are also to eat. Everything else you can have. It says, Avi Pigol Venoisa Shein Bekaris, Velo Avi Esa Tevel Shein Bekaris, but maybe Tevel I can eat. Right? Tevel's fine, right? It's something that wasn't Gemaisered, but that's not a Isakaris. Tamlom Etanu, Vinisim Nasnoshechen, Riva. That is an inclusive thing. In other words, Venisem Esnaf Tanu and Venisem Esnaf Sechem is mentioned five times. We're going to take each one of these five times and we're going to keep grading it and expanding what we can't eat until the point where we can no longer eat anything. So let's see that quickly inside. So, Reba, we have a, right, an expansion here. Aviha Tevel Shubim Misa. Even though the Tevel is not an Isakaris, it is a Tevel, it's, it is Misa Be'ishimayim, and therefore that is also included in the Isar of what you cannot eat on Yom Kippur, uh, which is to say it is included in the Inui. Um, okay, so we say, okay, Velovius and Avel Shayna Be'misa. But what about an Isar Lav? That's no, no Kares, no Isar Misa Be'ishimayim. Maybe that you can eat, however. Talmud Lomar, Ta'anu, Venisim, Nesna Shasechim. No, certainly it's also to eat in Avela and, and Tevel. Or Pigol. Those all carry their own Isser with them. But maybe there's not an additional Isser of Yom Kippur. In other words, that's not also to eat uh, Al Yom Kippur. It's just also to eat altogether. 
but maybe on Yom Kippur it's okay, but no, we expand it. Talmud Lomar, Tanu, Benisim, Esnadashechem, Reba. We have this expansion that also Nevela is also to eat. Okay, obvious Nevela should be love, love is a chulun she'en belav. But what about regular food? Food where there's no Yisr love, no Yisr Misa, no Yisr Kares, that you, that you are, can eat in Yom Kippur. Talmud Lomar, Tanu, Benisim, Esnadashechem. Right, so again, just to, Explain again what we're doing. We we had this comparison to v'chom sasu, which is how we got to the idea of sheve al and that has to be categorical. And ultimately, we got to food, right? Because in the Judaism, you're eventually going to come around to the idea of food. But we're stepping off of the comparison of malacha by saying no, it's not nisar not nisar mitzvah, not nisar lav. It's all food. Tamadomar tanu ve'nisim esav shechem says the Gemara riba. Now we're going even, we're overshooting our target. So maybe we can eat everything. In other words, it's usher to eat everything, but truma. Maybe in other words, the workaround, if you're a coin, like everybody's starving on Yom Kippur, but the Kohanim are eating truma because that's not included in the expansion of this limud, says, says the Gemara, no. It's an expansion, even truma. Kohanim can't eat truma and Yom Kippur. Okay. Well, there's the next level. Truma, right, is unique, but Kachim is even more unique because truma, you're allowed to leave over. But Kachim, you can't leave over, so that's the most holy food we have. Talmud Lomar, Tanu, Enisim, Shosechem, Reba. So that on Yom Kippur, it turns out, we can't eat anything. We start from the biggest Isser, which is certain uh, Achilas, which are Isser Kares, and we work our way all the way up to regular food, which we can eat, and then even beyond that to the holiest foods, truma, and then finally Kachim, the entire spectrum of Foods that are available to us in Judaism are Usr, Anyam, Kippur, as evidenced by these Psukim. And therefore, we know that we can't eat anything on Yom Kippur. Forget about it, Andrew. You're not going to eat this Yom Kippur, Bezrat Hashem. Thus, um, that's fulfilling the commandment of Venisim Es Nafshosechem. So now we're three lines up from the wide. And we're going to say, an interesting language of the Brysa that we're going to get called out on, that if you want to say, there is, instead of going through this entire rigmarole of going through these uh, six limudim, you could have just said like this, The Pasuk says that you have to, right, this is what we mentioned before, the, the sixth uh, Pasuk, that you have to, what? I'll just, you have to sort of diminish the soul. Uh, not the soul, yeah, the soul, the nefesh. Which, in this case, the nefesh is referring to like the physicality, right? What's the idea here? Andrew um, Birnbaum was saying, he's saying, you're supposed to hate Yom Kippur, you're supposed to like torture yourself. Not exactly. Maybe the way to understand it is you're supposed to diminish the physical aspect and be a little more like malachim, right? In other words, when you're having a purely spiritual experience, so you're having less of a physical experience. That's what the inisim es nafsusechem could mean. It means you're supposed to diminish physicality and be more spiritual. So that's kind of the concept of avaratit nefeshahi, inui shehu avidas hanefesh. It's the kind of diminishment or, right, affliction that's really supposed to be just a, a limitation of, of nefesh physicality, even though nefesh means the soul. It's like the physical aspect of that soul. Well, this is Judaism, so it could only be zeh achilo 
what is a, dimin, right, a diminution of the soul? It's achila v'shtia. Well, instead of going through all these other psukim and going through the whole spectrum and gamut of every food uh, on earth in Judaism, we could just go through this back door of this one pasuk and right away we'll get to the food. The Gemara asked, What's with this unusual language of v'im nafshach lomar? Um, so, v'im nafshach lomar sounds like saying, well, if this is your kind of thing, then you can learn it from this pasuk. Well, this sounds like a perfect limud. What do you mean? This is everybody's kind of thing. Says the Gemara. Um, uh, so we say the following. That what it's trying to say is, yeah, the, the one thing that's missing is that when you say diminution of physicality, it's not always only referring to food. It might also be referring to arayas because that's also a physical activity. Rashi explains it's referring to Tashmish. So, the Pasuk also can be referring to that of the Chamesh Sayyinuim, which is also Tashmish. So, we do say that it is a, uh, that Avatita Nefesh is more, uh, more reasonable that it applies to food, but because of the Savamina that might apply to Arias, that's why we have the language Vim Nafshach Lomar. That it can actually be referring also to, um, that, that, that it's less direct, uh, than the other five, six limudim that we learned, uh, up until now. But be that as it may, that's also another way of learning it, and we either way arrive at the, uh, Isser of eating Anyam Kippur. So now we're in the third wide line, and we're gonna talk about, more about, uh, proof, another proof that it has to do, that the main Inui is, Fasting. Right? In reference to Klal Yisrael in the Midbar, it says, Okay, where, where was this Inui Ravon? It says, That's in Dvarim Perkhes. Right? So we learn from that that when we were in the desert, we were kind of starving. And we're always worried about our food. We'll talk about this soon. There's a lot, there'd be a lot of agadita about the man, which was about to be launching here. So food was always like top of mind. If you go through the psukim, we're always like either starving or nervous about being starving or like being punished by eating too much, etc. So anyway, all of that had to do with food. That was our main concern in the Midbar, and therefore that's another source that that was our main concern. And Nelef says the Gemara, mi imta anes b'nosai, so says the Gemara, okay, every time we said Inui in the Midbar, we were obsessed with food. How about, but how about, there's another context where the word Inui is mentioned, and that's with Lavan. Lavan said, right, there he certainly is not talking about food, he's talking back, we're getting back to Arias over there. So that, that means, right, as Rashi says, he's talking about the, so those are the two candidates now. Is he talking about food or is he talking about Tashmish? So apparently he's there, right? So we have one context in the Midbar's food, one context by love and it's Tashmish. So we don't exactly uh, know which one we're referring to when it says Vinisa Mesnaf Shosechem, to which the Gemara answers, Yeah, the way we know that the Inui that's mentioned in the Midbar, which is food, is preferable to the Inui mentioned by Lavan, which is Tashmish, is that that was a unique case. The case by Lavan was private, citizen type situation, whereas the starvation was like a national, uh, a national concern, right? The food was a national concern, and that, and we learn the national, right, mitzvah of Inuyan Yom Kippur from the national concern, not from that unique, specific case of Lavan.
So therefore, we're back to understanding that the main iser, the main idea is to fast on Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara. V'neilos me'inui demitzrayim. Well, there was inui mitzrayim. D'chsev ayar es anyenu, as you'll recall, v'esamalenu v'eslachatzenu from the Haggadah. V'hamrinan zu precious derech eretz. And when we and we explain what anyenu means, so even there, in the national sense, that inui was also precious derech eretz, where they didn't have. Right marital relations. The Gemara says that could be true. However, don't forget, on Yom Kippur, it's an Inui Bidei Shemaim in the sense that Hashem's telling you that you're not allowed to, right, that you have to do Inui. Well, that's similar to when Hashem was controlling our food, as He always does, in the desert and always, as opposed to Inui Bidei Adam is. When you were in Mitzrayim and Paro and the Mitzrayim um, were, were forcing you to abstain from marital relations, and therefore that was an Inu Bidei Adam, and it is less comparable to the Inu Bidei Shemaim of Yom Kippur, and so we compare our Inu Bidei Shemaim of Yom Kippur to the Inu Yidei Shemaim of the desert, and therefore that is a reference to the food. So we fast. We're the only people that are this obsessed with food. I'm convinced of it. Right? We eat matzah on Pesach because. We were running away from our mortal enemy, but we had already some like bread in the oven. So, you know, like, what are you going to do? Plus, we're going to be starving already. Like when we're running, we're worried we're going to be starving. So some bubby said, it, I mean, so you know what I'm saying? So we say, it's going to be fine. Like, just take it the way it is. It'll be fine. You'll eat it as a cracker. You don't have to wait for it to be bread. And we still commemorate that. We were worried. Say the Laderach. Anyways, very much intertwined with everything we're about. And therefore, it only stands to reason that when it says Inui, it means don't eat. Okay, let's talk about the man. We're going to talk a lot about the man now. This was the Inui. What was the Inui of the man? I mean, the man was awesome. Can you imagine, can you imagine sushi falling from the sky? It's the best thing ever, or whatever. I don't know what Andrew, it's hard to tell what Andrew eats. Um, I don't never know what's in that thermos. Anyway, so it says like this. Well, how do we know that there was any Inui associated with the man? So seven lines up from the bottom of Ayin Dalim Bez, we're talking about the idea that there was uh, Inui associated with man. So there was a machlokas of Rabbi Veriasi as to what the challenge of the man was. Says Rabbi Veriasi, Eino doma misha yesh lopas b'salo, misha ain lopas b'salo. Chad Amar. Eino doma misha yesh lopas b'salo, misha ain lopas b'salo. One of them, Rabbi Ami or Rabbi Asi, we're going to talk about some machlokas in between them, one of them said that the Inuit of the man was that you never knew whether it was coming the next day. It's stressful to not know when your next meal is coming, and therefore that was the Inuit. This is an interesting thing. The last Rashi and I in Dalin Achilles Haman Toim Tam Kol Haminim. It could taste like whatever you wanted. But no matter what, all you see is this like thing that looks like snow. So, you know, that's not cool because uh, as we will see, seeing the food is part of the experience, right? So that was the, you know, uh, that, so it was either not knowing whether it's coming or the fact that even though it could taste like whatever you want, it always looks like snow, and that's not kashmak. Says the Gemara, Amar Biyosef, Nikan Remez Lesumin Shaochlin Vein Sveyan. There we have a Remez that blind people don't get the same kind of enjoyment from food, and he should know, right? Because we know Rabbi Yosef himself was blind. Amar Abaye Hilkach, Man de Esle Sudasa, Lo so as a follow-up, Abaye, who was a Yosef's Talmud, said that you should always eat meal during the day. 
Amar Rabbi Zeir, he doesn't necessarily mean Dirigdei, my kratov marei naim ahalach nafesh. Somehow that's alluded to in, in the Pasuk in Kohelas where you say it's the seeing of the eyes is better than the experience of the soul. Interesting concept, right? That sometimes what you see and perceive is more important than the actual experience that your soul is experiencing. In other words, the, our perception of the experience, right, is sometimes more intense than the actual essence of the experience, as is illustrated, right, in a way, by the fact that seeing the food, even though it has nothing to do with the taste and the actual experience of the ingesting of the food, right, just seeing it is also a big part of it, which is to say our perception of things is, in fact, colors, literally and figuratively, our experience very much. So three lines up for the bottom, Amar Ishlakish, Tov Marei Naim Be'isha Yotar Shal Maisa. He applies it to the idea of, of these um, arayas here. And also there, there's sort of like, you know, the whole uh, Rabbi Frankel in um, Hank Schlita always used to say, Madison Avenue. He, when he said Madison Avenue, he was referring to the whole no- notion of marketing. It, you try to capture people's imagination with shapes and colors and all of these things. And sometimes you get moved by it in a way that's not, has nothing to do with the essence of the thing. And even when it comes to Arias, it's just like, the actual thing, when you break it down to biological, it's not the same as the whole, like, world of, right, marketing and all the other things that is built around it, uh, with, right, uh, my, my, my friend Stephen Glantz, okay, we have to move, but my friend Stephen, he was, um, he, when, when he was in high tech, he's still very much in high tech, so, you know, you boil down, you're speaking to the CEO of Nokia uh, somewhere in Asia, and they're talking, and boil down to some feature on the phone, and he's like, so you mean I can take pictures of my, oh, I, I'm not going to do the accent. Anyway, the point is, it was all about taking pictures of his girlfriend, this and that, like, it, it, the thing that moves economies is not the actual thing. It's the perception of the thing. That's the point. It's the imagination and the things that people draw in their mind's eye. Again, this is an application of the same idea in Kohelas. This is Shlomo Melch and his wisdom understood that people's perception and their imaginations create a whole other world that's even more than the actual essence of the thing. I think it's our, um, it's our, it's our, it's our mission to stick to the essence of things to the best, to the most best of our ability. That is the right Rambam, Maral idea of what the Eitz Hadas was, that we also not only see right and wrong exactly like Malachim, but we also are swayed by our perception of things, not for now at all. Let's do the last line, Ayin Dalim Rebez. Kiten bakos enois halech b'meisharim. This is, how, how did we get to here? This Pesach in Mishlei? Well, because Rabbi Amin Rabbi Asi had a machlokas about what was the Inui of the man, so now we're going to talk about more machlokas in Rabbi Amin Rabbi Asi. Well, what does that Pasuk mean? The Pasuk says, a person who sets his eye on wine, right, he, he perceives that he goes in the right way, even if he isn't, in parentheses. So, reviving, revasi, chadam, ar kola, nosein, as we arrive at Ayin Hamad Aleph, kola, nosein, ain't a bakosa, arayas, kula, and domos, love, kimishor, that a person who's a drunkard and always staring at the cup is going to think that all arayas are fine, because again, right, this, this is also related because they perceive what is crooked as being straight, right? Rashi explains, he thinks that, um, Rashi, Mamon Acherim Domelo Heter. I would have said it like more philosophically. Rashi must have a source that he means that he thinks that everybody's stuff is his when he's drunk. I would have just said, right, when you're drunk, everything seems okay, right? It's all rose colored glasses, uh, as it were. But, anyways, 
the, right? That's, that's how people are when they're drunk. Uh, as we say in the dental office, when we give nitrous, we say, yeah, it's, it's not so much that the, he's going to experience something else, it's just that he's not going to care. Okay. A second pasuk in Mishlei, that when there's da'aga, uh, dread in a person's heart, anxiety, you should yashchena, you should unload it, you should squash it. And fascinating machlokas, Rabbi Amin Rabbi Asi here. Rabbi Amin Rabbi Asi, Chadamar yashchena midaito, v'chadamar yesichena le'acherim. Isn't that amazing? It's the actual uh, machlokas on how you handle anxiety. And, and it's really uh, represented here by Barry, the, what we call the Barry and the Andrew approach, right? Whenever they have anxiety, so Andrew bottles it up and he tries to suppress it. That's Yashchena. Whereas Barry is Yashchena. He goes and speaks to somebody and he, and he unburdens and he talks about it, talks about it until he, until he feels better, until that person can hear him. And so there's two ways of dealing with uh, all kinds of anxieties. Either suppress it, and I don't think that's healthy. Andrew, you really should look for an outlet on that as soon as the uh, boot comes off. Or you can really speak to somebody and really uh, speak and speak and speak. And isn't that fascinating that that is a machlokas as to literally whether the Pasuk uh, is teaching you one extreme or the other. The third Pasuk, V'nachash afar lachmo. We're going to get to the snake and his food, which is the dust. One way of looking at it is that uh, no matter what the snake ate, remember, this was the curse of the snake. So the curse was, no matter what he ate, it always tasted like dust. That's not fun. The other one said that, no, the curse was that the only thing that tasted awesome to him was, was, um, was earth. He could eat caviar. It, he just doesn't enjoy it. His daitome yeshevet, he only has, uh, he only likes eating dust. So, two different things. Let's talk a little bit about more of the curse of the snake. Tanya, Amr Biyosi. Boresh, Lokamidas, Akash Baruch, Midas, Basvadam. This curse that Akash Baruch gave the snake is not like when we, uh, try to, right, destroy each other as human beings. Midas, Basvadam, Maknet, Chaver, Yordi, Molochayev. The Midas, Basvadam would be, let's say, a person has a competitor in town. He's gonna badmouth him and try to take away, you know, like injure his parnasa and his reputation. That's how human beings are towards each other. He cursed the Nachash, but his claws are different. Right? In his ultimate mercy is a totally different thing. Look at this. He cursed the Nachash. Now, wherever the Nachash goes, he can go on a roof, he can go down, he can go down, um, down uh, up or down or all around. He can go to Costa Rica, he can go to Nicaragua. He's always got dust wherever he goes. He can go to the dusty construction site of Vermont Bay Shemesh or to the dust, uh, 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 behind, uh, Seven Mile Market. Wherever he goes, he's got the dust for him. Kila is Kanan, and similarly, when a Baruch Hu cursed Kanan, Ochel Masharaba, Ochel Vishosa Masharaba Shosa. The Klal of Kanan, right, was that he was going to become a slave to his brothers. Well, what does a slave do? A slave never has to worry about where he's going to eat because it's his master's problem, not his problem. Kila Saisha, Hakol Ratzinacharea. Interesting idea here that there was curse to woman, and part of that curse was birth pangs and labor, and also the menstrual cycle. And yet, Hakol Ratzinacharea, the Ben Yehoyada, has an explanation here that it, part of the menstrual cycle, you think, well, okay, so man won't want to be with woman, but that's not the case. What ends up happening is because of the said cycle, 
this was in the art scroll, quoted the Ben Yoyada, because of set cycle, the, uh, to quote the art scroll, the recurrent separation only re- serves to renew continuously the husband's love and desire for his wife, thus, kolan, kol hakol ratzinacharea. Okay. Uh, not Pasha Pshat, but the art scroll brings it as Pshat, because it's hard to understand what this means. Kilal esadama hakol nizon inemena. And he has a Ben Yoyada here too, that the curse of the Adama, everybody is sustained from the Adama. In other words, it's true that it no longer was pre-Tama, Eitz Ketama pre, and it wasn't Shangri-La uh, like it was in Gan Eden, where everything came out of the earth perfect. But you know what? We're still getting it all from the ground. When you have a suffix, whether it's a Eitz or Adama, you make Adama. And therefore, this is supposed to be a cursed ground. That's a cursed ground. We bless it every day. Okay. Hashem is much more merciful with his... Uh, with his curses. Okay, let's back to let's get deep into mun here. Last in line, Zacharnu es adaga asher nochal b'mitzrayim chinam. So Klaisro was saying, we remember the fish that we ate in Egypt. This is when they're complaining. So Rav Shmuel chadamar dagim. That's what it sounds like that they said. Remember the fish. Chadamar arayis. Again, this uh, we're, we're, we're constantly thinking: is this referring to food or to arayis? Why would you think it's arayis? They said daga. So let's see. Says the Gemara. Well, the Pasuk says, right? The Pasuk says, the, that which we ate. Okay, so that sounds like we're eating fish. What does this have to do with the We Remember what we ate, chinam. Well, the fish was something that they had to pay for. And therefore, chinam is your tip-off that's talking about something else, something that was free of charge, which was their marital relations. However, well, what are you going to say to the fact that we say we ate? What does that have to do with anything? The Gemara says, Yeah, it says nochal, but nochal can often be referring to Tashmish. Right? That is what it says in Mishle, that that is the way of the adulterous woman. Right, she eats and she wipes her mouth and says, I haven't done anything. It's not, doesn't mean that she ate a shawarma. It is referring to the act of adultery. Aha, it's just like a lashon, lashon amaliyah, Okay, so therefore that's why. So chinam is, means that we didn't pay, it's something we didn't pay for, the fish we did pay for. And, and, uh, right, and, and the, um, and achila, it doesn't have to mean achila. So that's that shot. However, Okay, so let's say Dagim means that you ate fish. So what does it mean, Chinam? We paid for it. So I was like, no. That's not true. We used to be able, we had a way of getting our fish for free. Whenever they would draw water, Hashem gave them, uh, Hashem gave them the extra, uh, He gave them herring uh, in their in their uh, Kadim as they drew up the water. And this is where we get the concept of Shmaltz Herring, Andrew. In case you were wondering, Shmaltz Herring, Benatari Minayan, this is, they would draw up the water and there'd be little sh- herrings in there. Bish, Lehmad Laman, Damar, Gami, Dagim. Okay. That I understand that Dagim means actual fish. Avalarayas lo pritzibuhu. Wait a minute. This is a, another interesting question the Gemara is asking. Wait a minute. Uh, what was the complaint again? That we used to have fish. Well, what? That makes sense. Like in 
the, in Mitzrayim, they were near a water source, they would draw up water, and they would have fish. And in the desert now, there's no water whatsoever. Of course they don't have fish. So that makes sense in context. What is this Arias thing altogether? They used to have Arias in Mitzrayim, and now they don't have Arias? Or they used to have Tashmash in Mitzrayim, and now they don't have Tashmash? I don't understand. How did their lives change with respect to Arias in the desert? That's what the Gemara is asking. Aval Arias, lo What do you mean? They had Arias? In Mitzrayim, and that's what you're complaining about—that you can't have a rice now. What are we even talking about? If you read Shir Hashirim, we're praising right that Klal Yisrael is the Kala. She's the beautiful Kala. She was a Gan Naul, right? She was a locked bride, pristine and wholesome. So, what are you saying that you're complaining that that that, that certainly doesn't paint a picture of of a bride that was having a rice in Mitzrayim? So it says, no. What is meant when it says that she was sealed? Um, so the Gemara says, no. As Rashi explains, it used to be that what was not allowed was B'nai Noach uh, type uh, Arias. That was what was not allowed in Mitzrayim. And then, right, when you got to the desert, those were things that you were, uh, that were no longer allowed. So for example, one's ant was mutter to him in Mitzrayim. And then when you get to the Midbar and you get to Torah, all of a sudden you're not allowed uh, to marry your aunt. And therefore, that is what they complained about. Okay. That's how we, in fact, explain that Pasuk. When it says, Right, that, that would, that's how we explain that Pasuk. They were crying because they couldn't marry their aunts anymore. Okay. What did it mean that he's crying for the families? So you say, ha, the ha, have I. Say, well, both could be true. In other words, when they were in the desert, they were big complainers altogether, as we know. And so they were complaining about both things. They no longer had fish. They no longer had shemalt saring, nor could they marry their aunts. They complained about everything. They were an equal opportunity complainer. Okay. And now, that's why you don't lose the explanation of that Pasuk either. Now let's explain the rest of, right, the uh, Midbar over here, Parakid Aleph, which said, we, we love the complaints of the, of the Jews in the Midbar. They, it, was, it was awesome. They remembered everything. They, they, they remembered cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, garlic, all that stuff. They have, they have food that tastes like anything they want coming down from heaven. And, uh, but it's not the same because you can't see it. It's not, they don't know that it's coming. They're complaining. So, Ravami, Berivasi, there they are, talking about this again. In other how could they complain about these things when they're eating man? So, one possibility is that they, man could taste like anything other than those five things. And so, they were able to complain about those five things. The Chadamar, it, it, it's, like, it's like Achilles, who was dipped in, right? The river sticks, and he was impervious to anything except for in his Achilles heel. So he goes out to battle and flip flops and complains that is, that he wasn't anyway. The Chad Amar that that he shot in the Achilles. So the one thing that they their one Achilles heel, the five things that they couldn't eat, that's what they found to complain about. The Chad Amar Tam Kol Haminin Tamu Tamanu Mashan. No, the Halu Taman Veloma Mashan. That it was even different than that. They could in fact taste cucumber melon. Cucumber, or melon, cucumber, melon, garlic, they could taste all of that in the man. However, the amazing miracle in the man was that if you wanted to have a uh, taco, um, you, can, you can imagine it, and it took on not just the taste, but the texture of tacos. 
incredible. Or whatever it is that you wanted. Uh, Andrew eats ceviche. But when it came to these five things, you could have the taste of garlic, but you can't have the texture of garlic. It was the texture of garlic and cucumber that they were complaining about. Can you imagine? All right. Taste versus texture. Okay, so let's talk more about the man. It says, the man who kazera god lavan, betamo kesapichus midvash. That it was like white, lavan. Amar vasi, ogol kagida velavan kamargalis. The problem is, we say it was white like coriander. Well, Andrew, we, you and I both know coriander is not white. So what does it mean, kazera lavan? The zera of coriander isn't lavan. So that's what we have to explain. Rabbi Asi is explaining that it was round like coriander, but it was actually white like a pearl. Now, he could have just said, it's round and white like a pearl, but anyways. Okay, it's, white, it's round like coriander and white like a pearl. Tanar banan, God. What is, it says, God, right? Kizera God lavan, what's God? Shadoma lazera pishtan kegivolin. It's like flax in the capsule. Acherim amrin, God, shadoma la hagada. Shemoshechus libo shel adam kamayim. Amazing. A story. A story draws the heart of the man like water flows. Or tanya idach. So in other words, so too was the man. Tanya idach, God. What's going on here? What's this? Uh, it's like this. Uh, the way it worked was you had a certain portion for each member of the household. So let's say you had a woman that uh, got divorced and remarried very, very quickly. And then a child is born. And you don't know if he's a previ- preemie of the previous husband or a full-term baby of... I'm sorry, a full-term baby of the, pre- of the previous husband or a preemie of the current husband. This is why you can't get married, remarried within three months. So you don't have this paternal question. You don't end up on Jerry Springer. So the, the issue is that this was actually resolved by the man. Because in the days of the man, as we'll see, a lot was revealed. We, there was a lot more um, exposure, full disclosure, when it came to the man. Everybody knew everybody else's situation because, after all, it came out magically that everybody, you would get it per household. And so, therefore, it went according to paternal because it's Zera. Zera, God, goes by the father. And therefore, if the previous husband was a father and this baby is a full-term baby, the man would actually land in the previous husband's household. And if the current husband was the father and this baby is a preemie, so therefore it would land in the current household. And that's how we knew who the father was. Lavan, white. It would whiten the sin, right? It would be a... Uh, bleach all the sins of Klaisel. Rashi's explaining that the way it works is if you don't know if your meal is going to come the next day, so then you're going to be on your best behavior because you get this, right, this concern that if you don't behave, you're not going to eat. That was a real motivator. It should always look like that at yeah, the consequences. Tanya. Just like a Navi could tell you what's in between the cracks and behind closed doors, the man was a big re- re- revealer. Let's say you have two people and they went for a bezin. Uh, they have the following dis- dispute. Did you sell, was there a sell, sale of this Eved or did you just take it from me? So I'm Moshe, Laboker Mishpat. The Moshe said, "No worries, man. Tomorrow we have the man, and we'll see." In other words, it's simple. If there would have been a legitimate transaction, so then the man is going to fall in the house of the person who bought it. If the if it was actually a theft, so then right, the man was going to fall by the original Baal, and 
return that Evid because the Mun is going to be the biggest indication of, right? Mun don't lie. The Mun is going to be the biggest indication of where this Evid uh, belongs. Right? Because it belongs to the first one, rightfully. If it is in the second one, then it was a legitimate transaction. Uh-oh. We have a marital dispute. Right? Who wronged who? He said, she said. Right? If the man is in the base Baal, so he didn't do anything wrong, she should have stayed with him. But if it's by her parents, then then he doesn't deserve her anymore. She should go back to her parents, and that's where the man. So the man was, right, a very big revealer. 11 lines up from the bottom of Ayan Alf. When the dew descended on the camp, the, the man would descend. Unbelievable. And then it says, well, it sounds like it fell like snow right in front of your tent. But then it says they had to go out and get it. So which is it? Did they had to go out or did it fall on your tent? And beyond that, it also has a pasuk that says that they went really far. So was it right in front of your doorstep or it was really far? It says the Gemara, okay, tzad, tzadikim yarad pesach Yeah, those who had it at their doorstep were the tzadikim. If you were kind of in the middle, then you just go right outside the camp and bang, there's the man. And if you're a Russia, you had to go on a trip to get it. So you see, the man was the big revealer. Everybody knew exactly where they were holding, a daily litmus test uh, of what... Right, get taking your pulse of how pious you are. And so, okay. So this is, when you have that kind of accountability, it's like being on a diet and going on the scale every day, right? It's, it's like anything else in life. When you, when you actually have accountability, so then you are on your best behavior. Okay. Maybe this is what the Inui and the Man, right? Maybe they couldn't handle the accountability. A lot of people don't like being called out, by the way. Okay, ksiv lechem. Well, I'm going to give you lechem, uksiv ugot. And it says, I'm going to give you cakes. These were not delicious cakes. They were kind of hard, stale cakes. Uksiv tachanu. And some say that they ground. So similarly, haketsa, tzadikim lechem. They had this soft, delicious stuff in front of their uh, doorstep. Beinonim ugos. They had to go out. And it was a little bit like unprocessed cakes. And rishayim tachnu berechaim. Rishayim would have to go on a trip and then come back. And it's like grape nut cereal. It's like they're grinding. And it's not as good. Okay. Oh, docha. What does it mean that they pounded in mortar? I'm a rebuke. I'm a rabbi. This is with respect to still the man. Unbelievable. Not only did man come down, but it came down with like jewelry and spices, uh, perfume. Uh, this is really referring to mostly that which is pounded in mortar is really more the, the cosmetics. Okay. Tiki Kadera is cooked dishes. So by the man came down, it's also shoppers, also Rite Aid, and even accents. Everything's coming down together. The takeout food, the, the, all the spices, all the cosmetics. They had everything they needed coming out of the sky. And more heavenly gifts. This is talking about the Mishkan, right? They kept bringing more gifts and more gifts day after day. My Baboker Baboker. They would bring from that which had come every morning after the other, which is to say, not only spices, not only right accents, right in shoppers, but even whatever I don't know the uh, the uh, the jewelry stores, unfortunately. Um, uh, so 
so even in the jewelry, Stearns, right? That's what they have in the, uh, in the airport, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, Swarovski came down. No, that's, I, I don't know. <laughs> As it states, the Nevi'im bought the Avne Shoham, Tana Nesim Mamish. In other words, when we say Nesim, was it actual Nesim? No. Nesim could also be a reference to the clouds, which is to say, jewelry came down from the clouds. Two more minutes, four lines up. We are going to turn the page. That it tasted like dough kneaded with oil. That the man can taste like a, a whole bunch of different things, just like shad is a reference to nursing, and the baby can taste a whole bunch of things. Or shade mamish. There was like shadim. We already learned this in brachos. The shade could take many forms. The demons. So to the man. Finally. A lesson from the eating in the midbar experience. They asked for meat and flesh that was not proper. However, lechem lechem. It's proper to ask for because you're not going to ask for a shakuri board, but you can ask for bread because that sustains you. Therefore, nitan lechem kahogen. That was given to them in a good way. That you're supposed to have uh, fit for life. The bus is supposed to be at night. We said that you should eat in the day, and that is what we say. We arrive at around um, six lines down on Ein Hey on Bays. That when you eat, it should be lit. It doesn't have to be by the light of day. This is where we get the source of the candlelight being right. Uh, the candles that we light tonight, as we go into Shabbos, everybody had a good Shabbos. It increases Shalom bias and to eating by candlelight certainly is a beautiful thing. May we be zocha to um, to to a great Shabbos and to learn all the spiritual lessons of the man and beyond. Rotate